From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. Is trade a liability for President Trump in the upcoming presidential election? That is the question I am putting before our Rick Newman today. Yes. And okay, <laughs> we got a good jumping off point. I guess let's start with um, with the big one which is China. How might that hurt him? And I know the Democrats are seeing holes here, too, and and digging in when they can. Uh, I think China is not just the big one. I think it's basically the whole story, or it will be uh, by by this time next year, uh, when Trump really has to have something to show for what he's doing with China. Trump, of course, said China's been ripping us off for years. He keeps saying this. He keeps pointing to the trade deficit the United States has with China. Uh, and saying, this is terrible. We're just giving them this money, which is not really the case. We are buying stuff from uh, China. We've been buying stuff from them for a long time. We give them dollars. They give us stuff we want. It's kind of the same as when you go to a store and you buy something, you don't worry that you got ripped off, assuming you feel like you got a good deal. You hand over money and you you get something for it. But people are stealing our IP in China. I think both parties can agree on that. Yeah, both parties do agree on that. So the position Trump is in on China is he has – I think it's fair to say he has correctly diagnosed the problem with China or the problems because there's more than one. One of them is what you just said, that they steal Western technology not just from us but from European uh, companies and companies from every place. Uh, They do subsidize these giant companies that are able to offer lower prices and sort of steal market share away from foreign firms. There have been a lot of U.S. jobs that have disappeared because that manufacturing work has gone to China. So I think Trump uh, has more or less been on the mark when he uh, identifies the problem. It's it's his prescription or his solution where he's where he's failing. And this, you know, he is. Uh, I mean, just to go over, the, over this quickly, what trade experts say would be the right way to confront China is first of all, um, do it with all of our allies instead of doing it alone. Instead, Trump has alienated all of our allies, and we are confronting China alone on this. That's uh, because he's confronting all of our allies about trade too. He's confronting Mexico, them too. Canada, right. Europe, yes. right? And I think you're, it's most important to say that on with regard to China, uh, Europe are our closest ally. Europe, uh, Europe European countries, uh, the UK, probably also. Japan, Australia, uh, the, you know, those sort of all those advanced economies, they all have the same problem with China. You know, they want to get into the market, but they have to play by these rules that let uh, let's chi- that let China steal their it's technology. It's something we can all like rally that. around, except President yeah, Trump, Trump hasn't done and that. And Trump railed against the t- the famed and notorious TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I mean, trade experts say, yeah, we know nobody really got what that was, but uh, that's exactly what the TPP was supposed to do. It was supposed to create Expand this trading beyond block. China. Right. So we are all going to form this free trade zone among ourselves, uh, and that's going to be kind of a counter weight to China in the Pacific. And I think Trump just got that completely wrong. And because it was complicated and arcane and nobody really knew what the TPP was, he persuaded them it's a bad thing and he conflated it with China. It it had nothing to do with uh, China and all the jobs. Right. This this was something that allowed uh, U.S. companies to go to places like Vietnam and Thailand for for things they would normally be getting from China. So, uh, you know, so the countries that were in the would have been in the TPP, I think it was Japan, Canada was one of them. Uh, some actually South American companies because they are Pacific. Uh, uh, they are in the Pacific Ocean, so it would have been a free trade zone, where there, which means there'd be no tariffs, and which means there'd be more trade beneficial to everybody inside this trading block. Well, we don't have it, so let's not let's not talk let's anymore not about the TPP. On that. But the right, you know, the right way to take on China is get all your friends together and take them on together and put more pressure on them. 
and you know probably also use the World Trade Organization instead of working outside the WTO. At any rate, Trump is not doing this. He thinks his approach, which is putting tariffs on and demanding concessions in exchange for having those tariffs removed, that this is going to produce something that he can claim as a victory uh, by November of 2020. He de- he does not have something he can claim as a victory right now. Not there is yet, no but, deal, but. China just recently reporting a real slowdown in their overall economy because of these tariffs. If that continues as we move closer to the 2020 election, maybe he will have something. I mean, the theory is that's a stepping stone to a deal that gives Trump additional leverage over China. And this has been his whole war of attrition mentality on this, which is that if we can just hurt them more than we hurt ourselves, uh, then (laughs) we will somehow win. Uh, Maybe. But I'm not sure – I think – I'm not sure that's going to happen, number one. And the other thing is Trump never sold it that way. Trump never said, uh, OK, China's been ripping us off. So my approach is to use tariffs and this is going to cause some pain for us for a while. And here's who is going to get hurt the most and it's going to be worth it because we're all going to end up better off at the, you know, once this process over. You think that would have he been never, better? That the American people sure. would have bought it better? Uh, I think it would have been uh, more – honest and more politically astute. Um, Trump is not a fan of honesty, we know. Uh, But this would not be honesty for honesty's sake. This would be honesty uh, because you want to persuade people you're doing something that's going to benefit them at the end of Mm -hmm. the process. And um, I think a lot of farmers who are dealing – I mean, farmers and some U.S. manufacturers are bearing the brunt of of this trade war because – uh, they are hit with uh, retaliatory tariffs on stuff they're trying to sell to China. We know this is hurting American soybean farmers. Soybean sales are way down. Prices are way down. Uh, there are some other agricultural products who are doing the same thing. And I think Trump just never said before he got rolling with this that this is going to cause you guys some pain and we're going to back you up. We're going to have your back. And the reason this is worth it is X. I think he has started saying that kind of after the fact. Uh, when when he started to real, it's almost as if he didn't think it would cause anybody any pain. Um, so, is this an issue for him in the election? I think it absolutely is an issue, and I think it's uh, going to be important for him for two reasons. The first is. Uh, He said he was going to get something done with regard to China, that he was going to get a better deal with China, and he needs to be able to show that he got a better deal. He doesn't have that deal yet. He could could get that within the next 12 months. But the question is, will it be a a kind of a sham deal where nothing really changes and he just calls it the greatest deal or will it actually – uh, you know, be something that helps people. So I think for political purposes, he has to just be able to say, I fulfilled my campaign promise. I kept that promise. Number two, he has to stop hurting Americans with taxes that he's putting on them and with the retaliatory tariffs. Meaning tariffs, the tariffs, tariffs equal are taxes. taxes. That, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Americans pay, um, the importers pay the tariff. Those are U.S. companies that pay the tariff. Um, Trump keeps saying that's not the case. He keeps saying it's China that's paying the tariff. The, the money comes from the American importer, pays a tax that goes into the Treasury's bank account. That's how tariffs work. You know, if it's any indication, he's already flip-flopping a bit when it comes to Huawei. And I know he's tried to, and his administration have said Huawei is different and separate from the China trade dispute. But it's But then he has demonstrated that it's not. Right. So he's now saying, first he says that Huawei is a national security threat. Now he's saying, well, wait a minute, some companies, some U.S. companies may be able to do business with Huawei. If we're seeing that sort of chess game, if you will, between the U.S. and China on Huawei, 
maybe that's the way this whole China trade dispute is going to turn out. That is the whole. That is the way it's going. Um, and you know, I don't think any voter is paying attention to the trade dispute at that level. Um, I think what people want to know is. Is, is he going to do what he said he did, number one, what he said he was going to do? And number two, is it actually going to make anything better? And I think Trump's got a hard sell on both of those things, but both of those issues is at this point. So what we know is happening on account of the trade war is some production is moving out of China and the Chinese economy is slowing. But let's go back to the 2016 campaign. Trump's campaign promise was not, I'm going to make the Chinese economy grow slower. That was right. not the campaign promise. And nobody cares. Like that, that, that just has no bearing to any American. We don't get anything if China's, if China's economy goes slow, uh, grows more slowly. That doesn't help us. It only helps us if ours grows faster. And it's not helping ours grow faster. Well, that's how uh, it hurts us. That's how it hurts it, us. Ours is – arguably, if anything, it's probably also growing it slower. It would be a drag it, on our economy and the global it economy probably already, It probably already is. So who's getting – who's seeing the benefit of this are other low-cost production countries, uh, which is where some of that uh, production that used to be in China is going. That's Vietnam, India, to a lesser extent, Mexico. Uh, so this is a boon for Vietnam. But – I, I might have missed it, but I don't remember Trump saying, when I'm president, I'm going to help the Vietnamese economy grow a lot <laughs> by moving production out of China. Yeah, I don't remember hearing that one either, Rick. But, you know, I, we're talking a lot about China, and we should be, but let us not forget the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, which Congress has still not passed. To that end, you said he has to stop hurting the American people, President Trump. He's going to Wisconsin, which is, again, a very important, pivotal state for him He'll spend in a lot 2020 of time there. Yeah. because that Wisconsin actually relies quite heavily on Canada and Mexico. They're looking at whether or not that agreement gets signed very, very closely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how important is Wisconsin? Put that in perspective for us. It's really important. Um, uh, and you're right. You're totally right. I mean, it was a swing state that helped turn the election in 2016. It will probably be a swing state again in 2020. And um, on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada deal, which is the new version of the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, I mean, Trump did get a deal signed. Um, so I think on that, Trump can, can say, I got the deal. Um, and if Congress doesn't ratify the deal, that is really not on Trump. I mean, he, is, he's, he's, uh, he has poor congressional relations and he's not effective at dealing with Congress. Um, he, it's all about combat with the Democrats. Um, and, you know, trying to uh, always try to um, force them to see it his way instead of making some kind of negotiation. But but I think he can credibly say if the um, USMCA is not in effect by the time of the 2020 election, I think he can say, I got the deal done. It was Congress's job to ratify it. They didn't get there. They didn't do their job. Um, but, uh, but I also am not sure that the USMCA is really going to make much of a difference over NAFTA. I mean, the changes How, how were, different is it from what we had with NAFTA? It's not very different. Um, there are some changes with regard to uh, guaranteeing pay for workers in um, parts of the economy, such as the auto industry, uh, the rules on domestic content in cars uh, sold in the United States um, under the NAFTA rules. Uh, a little bit stricter, so there has to be a little bit more domestic content in there. But it's so uh, th there are some improvements that'll help agriculture and help um, digital uh, technology. Um, but on the whole, it is um, a marginal update on NAFTA, and a lot of people who you know know the details basic said it's basically just a rebranding exercise. The new and improved NAFTA, you know, we changed the formula by five percent, and but we're calling it the new and improved NAFTA. It's um, like new Coke. 
Well, it's a little bit better than New Coke. (laughs) A little bit better than New Coke. You know, what can you – I mean, think of some product that, you know, they they need to ramp up sales so they make it just a little bit better than it used to be. And they put it in a prettier box and they market it that way. Yeah, change the packaging, yeah. Okay, so the big ones, right? China, Canada, Mexico. But it looks like he's just going after everybody and anybody. Recently, the president tweeted about India. We're coming after India now. Yeah, he, uh, th- and that's because India is putting has put its own retaliatory tariffs on some American exports because of the steel and aluminum tariffs that Trump imposed uh, back in 2018. I mean, people forget about this, but those tariffs are still in place on steel and aluminum coming to the United States from a lot of other countries, um, and that's why uh, Turkey's another one. I mean, you know, there was a people forget this. There was a brief trade dispute with Turkey because they, you know, they actually produce a lot of steel and they sell right. a lot of it to the United States and there was a dispute there. Trump has other tariffs that he wants to put in place and I think Trump has rattled his saber as much as he can at this point. Um, I don't think there's much more he can actually do because in order to actually t- go to the next step and start to impose the tariffs he has threatened. Um, the, this would be a new kind of tariff that would be different from what he's done before. So what he's done up till now is mostly tariffs that are on intermediate products that it's not – it's almost nothing that consumers buy off the shelf, steel and aluminum, which goes into automobiles and appliances, for example. Um, a, lot of comp- a lot of componentry from China that goes into things made here. So ordinary consumers don't notice that those the cost of that has gone up. What's left to put tariffs on? Uh, are largely consumer products. So if he puts a 5% tariff on a pair of jeans uh, that lands on the shelf at Walmart, the cost of the, that product is going to go up by 5%. The, that, tariff is just seen, gonna, that tariff is just going to show up in the store. We've seen retailers say this. We've seen Walmart say yep. this. Dollar Tree, I believe, said this. They said, look, you know, our the, the middle to lower end consumer is our consumer. Yep. But we're telling you, we are going to have to raise these prices. They've written letters to President Trump saying, please don't go through with these tariffs. He hasn't gone through with a huge round of tariffs against China, which would affect things you and I buy. We would feel that much He's more. He's threatened to do that. He's threatened. So, so the question becomes, as we move closer to Election Day, so far the stock market's hanging in. We keep yep. hitting new highs. The economy is humming along. Unemployment's still at its lowest level in 50 years. When those things start getting hot and bothered by the tariffs, is that when he really backs off? This feels like a game of chicken to me. It really does because Trump, uh, in order to – and let's just put this in the context of China because that's the big one. So Trump um, has to – in order to do what he said he was going to do, he has to threaten more damage to China, which means he's – every every time he threatens tariffs, uh, that's damage to them and it's damage to us. So – Trump has threatened more tariffs with with regard to China. Um, So in order to have something by election day that he can say is a deal with China, um, China either has to agree to what he's demanding right now or he has to uh, amplify his leverage, which means impose these additional tariffs. Um, And I don't see how – I just don't – I'm not sure how he gets out of it um, by election day. Um, so if Trump does impose the tariffs, well, then he is very noticeably just jacking up consumer prices. 
Um, and there will be tons of stories in the real media, which he calls the fake news media, <laughs> but it's real media, that say, you know, yesterday um, this alarm clock cost uh, $20 and today it cost $22 because so, of its what tariff. About I mean, people on the other side of this who say, you know what, what he's trying to do, the end game, it's a good thing. Maybe the U.S. should be pulling out of China, finding other places and other ways to make things. Yes, we'll be hurt in the short term, but maybe 20, 30 years down the road, we will be a much more independent country. Well, I have a question in, in response to that question, which is what is the end game? Um, the end game that he talked about when he was campaigning was bringing jobs back to the United States. That was the end game. Hasn't that is, happened? No, not. I mean, we've had very strong job creation here in the United States, but, but I, not because I, almost of these none of it has tariffs. been manufacturing that once left, the, once used to be in the United States and went to a lower cost c country coming back. I mean, there's almost no manufacturing coming back. There probably are anecdotal instances when it's coming Couple back. Of, wasn't but there are also Ford... anecdotal instances when companies are shutting down because right. their costs have gone up and they can't they can't keep it going. Right. He's called out Harley Davidson for yep. doing things overseas. Ford, Harley Davidson thought, hasn't changed anything. Right. They moved production overseas but, for Chinese for for overseas markets. But some of the automakers did. A couple of the automakers actually were going to do something elsewhere overseas and then decided to stay in the states. It's very hard to disentangle what they what the automakers actually did because they kind of just in in many cases like renamed a plant or something, you know, they just... Meaning that it was already in the works and then yeah, they said, oh, it's and, because of um, President Trump. And for example, Ford, uh, Trump got on Ford's case and then Ford said, okay, you know, we were going to make the fusion sedan in Mexico, but we're not going to do that anymore. Right. But then they just said they're not making that car at all anymore. So they got credit for... Okay, we're not going to make it in Mexico, but we're not make. They're not making right. it in the United States no, either. They're no not jobs making there. it anywhere. <laughs> right. And Ford was going to import uh, another vehicle from China, which is a small SUV. And because of the tariffs, they decided not to do that. And that vehicle is just not going to go on sale in, in the United States. They're not going to build it here. They're just not going to sell it here. Do you think that trade is more of a liability to President Trump moving closer to Election Day than health care is? No, I think health care is a bigger liability for him uh, because there are, you know, as we said earlier, um, Trump is uh, he's, he kind of diagnosed the problem correctly with regard to China uh, and some of the trade problems we have. I don't think he has correctly diagnosed the problem with regard to health care. Um, or if he has, he's done no, he's done nothing. He's got no plan. He's not doing anything well, on health care. Well, the problem is high prices. I think he's diagnosed that. That's one of the. That's one of. The, well, he's he. Let's say he has. Uh, he has called out high drug prices. You're right, but he just hasn't done anything about it. Mm -hmm. And um, there's another kind of funny thing with trade, which is that um, unlike health care, where the Democrats have all kinds of health care plans. Uh, they have nothing really on trade. So I'm they, glad they you bring that up. They don't um, – this is not something they bring up uh, readily. So when they want to criticize Trump, they got all kinds of things to criticize him for. They're not saying much about China and that's – I think that's for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that uh, Democrats traditionally have supported uh, some protectionist measures uh, to, you know, because they were the party of labor for a while and they thought that was – it was in their interest if anything that would protect American jobs, even if it would raise prices, which protectionism usually does, uh, they they sort of supported. Um, so you're not hearing much criticism of Trump. You are hearing a little bit from guys like John Hickenlooper 
who is a, uh, you know, he ran a business right. uh, in Colorado before he was a mayor of Denver and then a governor. He has actually come out with a, he does have a plan. He says, we need to, we need to stop these tariffs. We need to hold, make China accountable for its trade abuses, but not with tariffs. So he's well, got a plan for how to do that. Some of the things we talked about before, um, do it with, uh, do it with other nations, rejoin. I mean, a couple of the candidates have said they would rejoin the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, because that's that's exactly what the that applies that pressure on trade China. block was supposed to do right. was take be, be in a better position to take on China as a group instead of one nation, uh, you know, refor- reform the World Trade Organization. These are not great like stump speeches. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's going to get elected president by on a campaign to reform the WTO. Yeah. Uh, so, but they also just the Democrats don't really have. Um, great answers when you say, how is Trump's, you know, if you don't like Trump's trade policy, what would you do do differently? Yeah. Yeah. They keep coming up empty. Biden, um, I like analyzing Biden's stuff because we've talked about with regard to drug prices. Uh, Biden is the closest there is to a century, you know, mainstream centrist um, who is sort of the standard bearer for the party. So his policies are likely to be sort of more pragmatic than than some of the other, certainly more than, than the left uh, leaning side like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, and on China, I mean, he didn't, he doesn't have a twelve-point plan for China, but he basically said there's no going back to the past with China, and I think what he's um, saying is there's this belief that maybe part of the Chinese strategy is just try to stall on this trade war and just outlast Donald Trump on the hope that uh, he's going to lose in 2020. And then the Chinese will have somebody else to deal with who will, who will be uh, easier to deal with and that maybe they'll just go – it'll just go back to the way it was before. So I think Biden is saying I don't really agree with Trump's policy on trade and on China, but given what he has done, if I'm the guy – we are going to stay tough on China, but we're going to find a way to do it without the tariffs. In other, in other words, I'm not going to come in and just revert to four years ago and say all the tariffs are gone. We're going back to the way we were. Um, but that he would approach China differently than Trump would. So he wouldn't be the tariff man, as Trump Nobody's has called tariff himself. man. Only Trump is tariff man. There's only one tariff man in town. We'll see if he continues to be as we get closer to Election Day 2020. He said he's tariff man and he's sticking with it. Yeah, no turning back. All right. want to thank everybody for listening to Ballads and Dollars from Yahoo Finance. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Alexis TV News at Rick J. Newman. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review. Bye. 